Welcome in to the Alana Inquirer podcast, or as I should say, Alana Inquirer after dark. So drinks up if uh, you have one of them. Kids are in bed, and uh, it's time to talk about two commitments, late night commitments. People uh, get worried when the commitments don't happen maybe immediately, but uh, here they're starting to roll in within the last few hours. We're recording this at 10 central time here in Illinois. Illinois has added two defensive commitments, and I'm going to get uh, get it out right off the bat. These are two of probably my favorite guys that they were targeting in the class. I thought were realistic gets for Illinois. I was drinking beers with my brother the other day, guys. Shout out Brad. And uh, he was asking me, who are your guys? And two of the guys I mentioned were Easton Baker and Demetrius John. And here they are, two Illini. Ryan Easton Joey Wagner with me. Ryan, I want to get your thoughts right off the bat. Uh, what do you think of these two commitments, both on the defensive side of the football? Well, I really like Demetrius John's tape. Uh, I mean, he's not necessarily anything flashy. You get two very different experiences when you watch these guys film. Uh, Demetrius John's a very reliable, edge, contained type guy. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a very sound player. He understands gap integrity, things like that. He's not necessarily a rush the passer type defensive end, but I really like what he brings in run defense and just maintaining his gap integrity. Easton Baker, his tape is fireworks. He's it's crazy. It, it's somebody used the exact same word I use is heat sinking missile. Um, you know, he, it just seems like he is a depleter. A uh, big hit waiting to happen. But beyond that, though, there were a couple of plays on his film that I think really stood out to me beyond the big hits. Um, there was one where uh, a ball carrier had about a 10-yard advantage on him, and he made up the distance and tackled him just before the goal line. And so, you know, he's not just a guy that can make the big hit. He can stretch it sideline to sideline. He's got great play recognition. Uh, he can really diagnose the play and break on the ball quickly, and he can really stretch plays out to the sidelines, and he hustles. He plays really hard. Um, he may not get on the field right away as a linebacker, but I think he's got excellent potential as a special teamer early on and can eventually become that guy that plays sideline to sideline at linebacker. Joey, these are two legit Power 5 recruiting wins. Easton Baker, three-star prospect out of Utah, formerly committed uh, to BYU, opens it up. And Illinois gets him on an official visit uh, before Oklahoma. This is their second recruiting win over Oklahoma. Sorry, Sooners fans. It is. Lane Jenkins was committed to you. Now he's committed to Illinois. And now you get Easton Baker. So a huge recruiting win there. Uh, and I think it tells you about Illinois' defensive sell uh, compared to Oklahoma, which was 99th in the country in scoring off uh, scoring defense last year. Illinois number one in scoring defense. Andy Boo did a fantastic job. Uh, Andy saw the film, saw what we saw, and goes, "Oh my goodness, we gotta we gotta offer this kid." Two days later, he's in Utah. Illinois does not often recruit Utah. We are efforting the last Illinois football player from Utah, so we, we will figure that out. But let's start there, Joey Easton Baker. Uh, I think he's under-recruited in the rankings right now. We got him as 84 rating. That puts him at uh, 1,186 in the national rankings overall, 107th among linebackers. Uh, you just turn on the film, and 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 this is a, a guy that I think could be Jake Hansen-like, separates the ball from the ball carrier, but he might be faster than that. So what, what do you think, uh, Joey, of this get? He said that ranking, it looked like Easterling's drink went down wrong. Uh, his facial expression, I don't think he agreed with that. It's a big one. Like, I don't, you guys are much better with film than I am. And I turned it on. And the first play, I mean, literally, it's just the first play. He blows someone, like, oh, 
this guy has got something. So to get him, like when they moved the like the official visit up, and they went for that big first weekend, that the weekend that we've seen them try to make those splashes, and notably to get him on campus before he got to Oklahoma, that should have been a sign that they never want. I mean, obviously you, you want to close down recruitments where you can, but they were they didn't want him to get to Oklahoma. I mean, for for as much as their defense was 99th last year, it's still Oklahoma, right? And, and there's still a, a team going to the S. Like, you don't want to risk that for a guy that you like and a guy that you jumped on an airplane and got to Utah in two days. Yep. Uh, so, so their ability to close that down quickly, like this was a really accelerated recruitment, Jeremy. Like it, yeah. it, Andy saw him playing campus, and, and it all moved very, very quickly. Uh, so I think that tells you something. And we wondered, you know, what's it going to look like? This play is awesome. We, we wanted, like, what's it going to look like when Illinois has this number one defense pitch? And what, what do they – how do they do it? And they do it by closing in on two guys hours after they left campus. Uh, like, that tells you something that you, you won this battle, especially for Baker. I know we'll get to John Moore. Yeah. You, you won this battle over those schools that you did. You, you did it quickly and efficiently. Yeah, 6'1", 212 pounds, Easton Baker. And, and Ryan, I do think a kid out of Utah, he said he watches – he told me a couple weeks ago when he got the offer, he watches Big Ten football. He loves Big Ten football. He plays like he does, uh, but he he seems like he's got some of the speed that we might see down south. Um, But what do you think this guy – where do you think he eventually fits? Is he a Mike linebacker? Is he a weak side linebacker? Does it matter? Because he, he looks like a heck of a football player. I just want to start out by saying I don't think he separates the ball from the ball carrier. I think he separates the ball carrier from the ball. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think he's probably best suited for the will side, yeah. um, just just based on size. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he can eventually bulk up and play a little stronger. But I mean, his explosiveness and his speed just gets him into the backfield. It gets him into the flat so fast that he's able to cover that kind of ground and play the boundary a little better. So I mean. Man, I, I I see a lot of similarities to his film and James Crutz's film. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think he's got a little more explosiveness. He's a little faster, but they both just attack the ball the same way. And like, if there's a way to get both those guys on the field at the same time, I mean, that's uh, that's a great duo linebacker moving forward. And then I mean, I don't want to rule out anybody else because obviously, like. Jojo Hayden, great player, and they've got some other great linebackers on the roster. But those two guys, the style of play that they have, I I just think is so tenacious. And and that's just the word that I kept coming back to when I was looking at the film. It's just their their tenacity and their motor is just undeniable. And I just – I love how they play. I love how they attack the ball. And I just – I feel like this guy plays with a chip on his shoulder all the time. And I really like that. And I think that's really what attracted this staff to Easton Baker at the end of the day. Yeah. And he just, he goes through people like, you know, it's different when you're told to tackle through people, but to actually do it, uh, it takes a fearlessness. And he, and he certainly got that on top of his athleticism and and all those other physical traits. Uh, I think it's time to stop calling Andy Boo a sneaky, good recruiter. Andy Boo is a great Mm -hmm. recruiter. I know Andy looks like your uncle, but he just he gets along so easily with everybody, and he obviously is a great football mind. Being part of you know this Illinois defense putting it together, and I think you know part of the reason Brett Beam was probably comfortable in in promoting uh, a, a guy like Aaron Henry, who's never been a play caller, he's got a, a very seasoned play caller, and Andy Boo, who's been a Power Five, Big Ten 
defense coordinator, Terrence Jamison, obviously, with with what, what he thinks of him. But Andy Boo has been fantastic in New Jersey. He's been fantastic recruiting linebackers, especially in-state, finding guys like Kroots, finding guys like Malachi Hood and, and, and JoJo Hayden. But to, to go head-to-head with, with Oklahoma and win here, to go head-to-head with some Power 5 schools and get Subor Kareem, a four-star recruit, I know – Obviously, Aaron Henry and, and some of the other staff played roles there, but Andy Boo has just been a, a very resourceful recruiter, very energetic recruiter, and I think he's been one of the best guys in the staff, Joey. Yeah, I, I think like if you look at the rankings, which everybody wants to do, it doesn't jump off, but the tape does, right? Like that's the thing with Andy Boo is like he's got guy like he wants those physical, those violent guys. Like you see that, and he, he's really built that room up really well. Like we always have these podcasts where we talk about a James Cruz or an Easton Baker or a Jojo Hayden or, or Malachi, who like he's done a really, really good job in that room. And I, and I just, like I can't get over the time, the timeline here, because like this wasn't a, a Malik Elzey where you started planting those seeds. Like the second you walked into Champaign and you hope to capitalize them. Like this happened so fast, which tells you about his ability to make those relationships and make them quickly. And we talk about like, the, the whole thing last year, and I, I'm assuming it would still be the same, Jimmy, and to your point about promoting Aaron, it's like they always talk about no egos. Andy Boo strikes me as like the most comfortable, like, hey, I am great. I'm happy in this position. He, I think, I hope he knows he would, he'd probably be doing a good job. Like, I, I don't think he would ever say that out loud, but in your mind, you've got to know if you're good at something, you know yeah. you are. And he doesn't seek out anything. No. Like, he is a guy who, when you talk to him, he's very nice, but he would be just as comfortable not talking to us one time over the course of a season and be okay. Like he doesn't seek out that spotlight. And he I would think be uncomfortable listening or... to this. Like he would be really uncomfortable being like, nah, it's, it's, it's these other guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's the way he would do it. But uh, that's why I think he's valuable, man. Yeah. Um, I, I think that resonates with people, right? Yeah. Like just the, let's just talk ball, talk about like, uh, just build a genuine relationship. There's no, if I get this guy, I'm going here. Like, there's none of that. He's just yeah. a guy who sees good football, capitalizes on good football, and coaches linebacks. And I think he's so happy doing that. I mean, he's had like a long, he's been a coordinator. We, like, we, we don't know his background, but he seems very content just going, recruiting the heck out of his room. Remember, he was the lead on Harkless, Jamarion Harkless yeah. last year. Like, he's got ends in places that you're like, the heck's Illinois doing in New Jersey or, or here or here? And, Andy Boo is like more times than not the answer. Yeah, so the, the linebacker room right now, Ryan, is Tariq Barnes, Dylan Rosier, Kanena Odaluga, probably the guys who will get the most snaps this year. Uh, we'll see if James Kroots, Malachi Hood get in the mix there. But, I mean, the future of, of the room, you think long-term, like who's going to be your 2025 starting linebackers? Uh, Odaluga, Hood, Kroots, Hayden. Now you add Easton Baker to that. Like, Boo's building a nice room there of, of different kind of linebackers. Hayden's this big monster linebacker, right? And then you have Odalugu, who's kind of short, but really, really strong. Uh, and obviously was a good pass rusher last year. Rosiak, more typical linebacker. Hood, really athletic. He's really gotten jacked. Kruitz is a little undersized coming in. But as you said, Ryan, long arms, uh, really violent. It's just an interesting group uh, he's putting together there. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got a great diverse group of personnel. Um, you know, they're facing, they're going to face different uh, offensive attacks. You're seeing some change. Like the Big Ten as a whole is kind of getting away from this power eye formation across the board. I mean, look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin for years has been 
run heavy, ace formation, I formation, blah, 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 run behind the fullback. And now they have Phil Longo in town with Luke Fickle, and they're probably going to run more of a spread air raid type offense. Like the attacks that they're seeing are going to change and they are changing. And so they need to be adaptable to whoever they're playing against. And so when you look at the personnel that you need, you need a, a more diverse group of personnel to be able to combat various types of offenses that you face throughout the course of the season. Um, both in conference and out of conference too, because I mean they'll they'll play some teams that try to spread it out, mm-hmm. and so having guys that can get sideline to sideline, having guys that can stuff the middle against run heavy teams, it's really important. And I, I think one thing I, I do want to shout out JoJo Hayden, not only a linebacker, he played a lot of running back <laughs> in high school. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that. Like he was originally a running back when he started in high school, and now he's a linebacker. But he's got a heck of a frame. You know, he's, he's like 6'2", 6'3", about 230 pounds. So they've got a very diverse, not only just in skill set, but also physically diverse linebacker room that can match up against a lot of different types of op- opponents. All right. Uh, I know we got to the sexier guy because he's kind of a skill guy. I would, I would call linebackers that. And you, you turn on the film, I think most people who aren't even football experts uh, would sit there and, and like it. Uh, Demetrius John, though, man, I, I feel like – this is a really good get. He is the has the most power five offers of any commitment, um, or if he signs, would be the most signee uh, offers that they've had on the defensive line. Uh, Demetrius John has several power five offers, Boston College, Indiana, Vanderbilt. Illinois has not won a lot of power five battles in the defensive line. And to be honest with you, Ryan, I know the film isn't like, like Johnny Newton had just explosive film, quick twitch film. But Demetrius John plays high-level football in Ohio, and I just see a really high-floor defensive lineman uh, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes, seems reliable, does a lot of the things that I think Keith Randolph does in this defense, which is just be a good edge setter, you know, fill your gap, get some pressure, even if you aren't the best pass rusher in the world. And to be honest with you, this is where you win games uh, at the Power 5 level is getting guys like Demetrius John. So uh, I think this is a, a nice win for them, Ryan, because I think he can play that Keith Randolph 5 technique or the 4-I the or, or maybe can go inside to to play the 3 role. I know we're uh, 3 uh, technique. I know we're getting a little football here, but uh, I just think he's a really good Power 5 defensive line commitment, and they just haven't had a lot of big – recruiting power five recruiting wins on the defensive line well and, that, and that's one thing that i think gets lost in the sauce sometimes when you're looking at defensive ends is everybody's looking for that flashy guy that can go in there and get into the backfield and blow up the quarterback or blow up the running back but sometimes you need a guy that can just occupy a blocker and allow your linebackers or your safeties to go make a play and that's exactly what demetrius john is i mean there are times where he does get into the backfield but ultimately, like he is just so gap sound and so um, able to set the edge and contain his contain his opponent that he's able to allow his teammates and set up his teammates to make plays. I, I really think that he's just so fundamentally sound. He's already pretty strong, and he's got a frame that can carry a little more weight. I don't know that I put too much more weight on him because I, I don't want him to lose some of that mobility and agility that he does have. But he's just a guy that that doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and I think that is one of the things that really sold this staff 
on a guy like him. It's just he's he's so fundamentally sound. He's reliable. You know, Bielema harps on that tough, smart, dependable moniker, and Demetrius John checks all three of those yeah. boxes. And so to me, I think that was the appeal there. And like you said, they went up against Big Ten schools. They went up against ACC schools. They went up against SEC schools in Vanderbilt, and they, and they came away with a win. So, I mean, I think this is a good quality ad that maybe people don't appreciate now, but they might come signing day. Yeah, and Joey, let's be honest. Like, if we were going to criticize the staff for recruiting, one of the places we'd start is defensive line. They just haven't won. They hadn't won a Power 5 recruitment and signed a guy. Like, they had a couple guys signed or committed, including Jamarion Harkless, who you mentioned, um, but he didn't sign with Illinois. He eventually flipped. So, uh, I, I think to get him and Angela McComb, another Ohio kid, we can talk about Midwest. They're being resourceful. Terrence Jameson didn't land the in-state kids last year, but he went to Michigan and got two pretty solid prospects. No Power 5 offers, but I think we all think Mason Moragan probably should have had some. Uh, So go to Michigan and get two defensive linemen. To go to Ohio now and get two defensive linemen. And to get two defensive linemen out of Ohio with other Power 5 offers doesn't mean they'll be better than Moragan or Alex Bray, who I really like too, but uh, I I think it's hard to out-recruit it's or overdevelop or outdevelop recruiting on the defensive line. Like the defensive line, I feel like those are positions. That's a position where you got to get talent, and that's why these recruiting battles are so intense. Yeah, there's not enough talent either. Like broadly speaking, there's not enough talent to satisfy every power five school. I think Ryan nailed it. Um, this is like a very Bielema recruit. I mean, everything Ryan said, I would almost put money that Brett Bielema says those same things in December when he's talking about Demetrius John and signing him. So I, I think, yeah, to go in and finally get that power five battle. And I, I mean, the, the caveat with all this and not to sound any, like we don't think it's going to change, but like still got to hold off to December, right? Like they, they can't yeah. sign until then, uh, but to go out and get a win like this and to do it again, the same day, like the Sunday that he leaves town, he commits. And I think you've got to look at how they scheduled that to get Angela McCollum here with him. And we talked about it, Jeremy, ahead of the official visit weekend that our thought was McCollum would probably be following Demetrius John around all weekend and telling him the, the all the good parts about Illinois football that he likes and why John should join them. So, yeah, man, I mean, that, that's a big one. Uh, I'm curious what the numbers look like. I, I think, obviously, there's going to be more uh, portal given the two losses there. But this, this was probably, I think, far and away, it's maybe – prep quarterbacks um like the question mark through the first two cycles of the staff was okay well defensive line you've not won power five battles you go out and you do that and it doesn't totally answer every question that'd be foolish to think it does Uh, but it does kind of give them a little ammunition coming out of this weekend saying hey we we went out and we got this guy and we committed him they got him committed and it happened pretty quickly uh, Scotty B on our live chat on YouTube here says, why wouldn't John have more offers? What's the obvious knock? Is there one? Ryan, I, I'll throw it to you, but I would imagine it's just, it's not the quickest Twitch athlete, right? I, I just, that's probably it. He's not 6'5". He's 6'3", but he, he's pretty long. That's what I like about him. He's got some power to him. He's quadzilla, man. Um, I, I just think he's a really solid overall defensive line prospect. Like, I think he's a good high three-star defensive line prospect, but if, if if maybe some schools had a hang-up, it'd probably be – he's not the quickest twitch athlete, but in a 3-4 defensive end, I don't think you need that. Exactly. And, and you call him Quadzilla, I call him the Quadfather. <laughs> but, 
You know, it, it's one of those guys where his tape isn't to you to steal your word. His tape isn't sexy, and it doesn't really need to be. No. Because you're looking for a set of traits when you're trying to find a guy like this, and he has exactly what you're looking for in terms of the context of your defense. And so I'm going to reach into my bag a little bit here. So I, I do a lot of music things. And mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're mixing different instruments, it's easy to make one instrument sound really good during a sound check. But then in the context of the whole band, it doesn't necessarily sound great. And, you know, looking at Demetrius John, what he brings may not sound great on its own, but when you put it in the context of the entire defense, it does what it's supposed to do and the whole band sounds good. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that is the value that he brings to this defense is that he does those fundamental things really well. He plays his role. He brings value in his role. And he's the type of guy who I think comes signing day, is probably one of the guys that a lot of teams call at the last minute. Some of those those teams that you wouldn't expect, or we were always surprised to hear, oh, like Ohio State was was kicking the tires on this guy, or you know Michigan State was kicking the tires on this guy at signing day, or Notre Dame gave him a call. Miami's like, calling Mike Epstein at the final hour. Ex- <laughs> exactly, like it's a guy that at the at the end of the day, teams are like, crap, we screwed up. We probably should have called this guy because we need somebody that can just plug this role. And it's too late because another program saw the value in him early enough, put you know showed him that, communicated that to him, went for it, made their made their push, and got him got him on board. Yeah, Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken, we saw John at a spring open. Something one of the very few things that were open. It wasn't quite like when Wally Batiku got to campus, and you're like, who is this? Like, is this a coach? But it was definitely a, like he was big enough that you're like, oh. Like that jumps out right when he walks past you. He's a large individual. Yeah, no, he's got he's got really really good size. And and yeah, in this defense, like you know, you're not gonna have many Johnny Newtons guys that that lead the team in pressures and tackles for loss and sacks. Like he's special. Uh, but you just need good players, and usually the outside linebackers are the ones that are gonna get that pass rush. And that's why you know we'll talk more about that. Those guys uh, get some of the more hype there. But uh, two really good gets on the defensive line but introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a busy weekend, guys. Uh, So let's talk now about what could be next uh, in this class. And, you know, you had 14 official visitors, one already committed in Angela McComb. You get two on board tonight with Easton Baker and Demetrius John. Joey Wagner, who you got your eyes on next of, of who fans should know of, you know, who might be ready to pop here. Uh, Carlos Orr would be a guy who we thought going in to the weekend 
Uh, his social media activity seems pretty, like that's not the end all be all, but it does seem pretty excited about the commitments here tonight. Um, Plus, and, he's, and a, he's, a, like, he's, he's only got one Power 5 offer, right? Yeah, three, right. Three-star three long wide receiver out of Tennessee. I caught up with Zafir Stewart. Um, he has no other visits planned. He said he would like to get back to Penn State, but he would also like to commit in the next week or two. Uh, Jeremy, what's the wind horse thing? Wait, wait, hold on. I got something special for you guys. I don't know oh, why this was on my desk. It's a new I addition mean, to the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's just the wind horse meme for people listening. When you leave <laughs> and you don't have anything set up and you have – you say you'd like to commit in the next week or two, that's kind of something to circle and monitor. Well, and you told me that. You we, talked to him. You talked to him. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No. Okay. We we need to be asking what's going on at the Zafir Stewart household. <laughs> well, you, you told me Zafir had said Illinois uh, and Penn State, and I said, well, Penn State has five offensive line commits. So I kind of like where Illinois stands there. Ryan, you got anybody else? Uh, obviously, a couple in-staters could be worth watching here. Well, I, I, I mean, the big, the big one that's coming up is tomorrow, Luke Williams announces his decision uh, between Illinois and Purdue. And uh, depending on how that one goes, the board is either going to be really happy and vindicated or the board's going to be really ticked. Um, because there's a lot of people that have an axe to grind with Ryan Walters for whatever reason. I, I understand it. I and I think where it's I'm at on fans. it is it's because they're fans. I mean, what, yeah. once you leave, you're you're dead. To, I get it. it and now he's yeah. now he's coaching for a rival, so you're not rooting for him. It's a weird I, thing. It's a weird deal. But Ryan is very good at his job. Uh, he can recruit. He's really good uh, defense coordinator. Now he's got to prove prove it as a head coach. But I think he's yeah. a special dude. Oh yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. There, there's mutual respect there, but there's also gamesmanship, oh, and yeah. so it's going to be a rivalry. Like, and, and that's the thing is, like, with the schedule that just came out, Purdue is a protected rival, so they're not going anywhere. But Luke Williams is a big recruit for Illinois, as is Darian Dupree. But Luke Williams, I mean, consensus four-star guy, a great free safety. I know some people like him at receiver, but I got a chance to see him last fall in action. He played both ways and. Aaron Henry was there watching, and I'm just like, man, this guy's just a natural defensive back. Like he, he just has these traits of defensive back that just are, you can't really teach. Um, and he's a multi-sport athlete, excellent basketball player too. Um, I just I, I watched his film tonight, just kind of gave it another watch to get get reacclimated with it, and just his reaction and his natural instincts uh, make make me think that he could be a really special free safety. Which of course is why everybody thinks that maybe Ryan Walters has a sell there because he's coached some pretty good free safeties. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I've been trying to dig on this. I'll have a decision primer tomorrow. Uh, right now, my read is fifty-fifty. Like I, Luke has kept things close to the vest. The only time I've been able to get really Luke, and I think Ryan, you're the same, is in person. Like that—that's the mm-hmm. only time uh, I know our guy Alan True has been able to get him. But he has kept things very close to the vest. But he's got two programs here. Um, that have this basically same cell, and that is Illinois' defense, Illinois' success at free safety with Kirby Joseph and Kendall Smith with 10 picks over the last two years, uh, and you know their development. One is under a coach who's got a proven you know, structure. One is under a new coach, but that coach was directly responsible for that defensive success and especially the safety success of getting Sidney Brown and, and Kirby Joseph and um, you know Quan Martin and Kendall Smith all, all to the NFL 
So it's a heck of a sell there. Like, how, how do you separate those two? Uh, but then it's also the personal connections. Illinois has two of you know Luke's close friends. Jared Beatty is a lifelong friend of his. Uh, David Alano went to high school with him, the Illinois kicker. Uh, and Purdue just took Luke Williams' brother, Zeke Williams, as a transfer preferred walk-on. So, Joey, this is this is just so intriguing that Luke has kept this pretty close to the vest, but it's basically the same sell of these two programs. Yeah, and I guess after the – let's see some basketball comments in there. Um, after the basketball offseason, you could probably rest, I suppose, that this is going to be figured out on June 12th. Um, I guess tentatively speaking, we've seen uh, really both coaches active until signing day. But, yeah, it's this is a fascinating battle because like, you just don't see this, right? Like, I don't – you don't see this very often. Like, usually a first-time head coach is at a group of five, yeah. uh, lower than that, whatever the case is. Yeah, somebody said, like, Ryan could have waited a year and gotten a better job. He just he's got in a, the Big Ten. He's got a Big Ten job, one that's been a pretty good program and was just in the Big Ten championship. Like, yeah, I mean, he could have waited a year and not been a Big Ten coach. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just a really good job. But to have it, so, like, just the dynamics of it, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Illinois fans are going to celebrate the ones they win and be madder than hell at the ones they lose. Yeah. And Purdue fans the same way. But this is it's such a unique recruitment. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like he's, it's it's pretty crazy that guys can keep it close to the vest in 2023 and not have anything. Like, and I, like people try. It's not like people are like, well. I, t- I talked with the Naperville North coach a couple months ago. I was working on a story they was just never able to get to. And – I talked to him about Luke. And I just asked him, hey, like, how's his recruitment going? He goes, uh, he doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> so he didn't even tell his high school coach anything who's playing a big role in his recruitment. So um, obviously it's come down to Illinois and Purdue, but uh, that's a fascinating one. I, I just want to move on to a couple other guys here. Um, Tyshawn Griffin, Chicago Morgan Park kid. Uh, no other official visits yet planned. He said he might take another visit, but Illinois has been recruiting him for, what, three years now, Ryan, ever since they got the job. He's been a top target, a slot receiver. They envision him playing the Isaiah Williams role. Um, so that, that's another electric potential piece to the offense that you can add, a top 20 in-state kid. I think he's getting pretty close here to a decision. And the other one that really intrigues me um, is Eddie Turk. Northwestern has six linemen committed, and I, I say linemen combined because it's offensive and defensive linemen because Turk is getting recruited as both. And then Miami is the other school involved here. But Eddie Turk's dad went to Illinois. His mom and and dad obviously go to Illinois all the time. His sister attends Illinois and is in the recruiting staff. And I don't know. Like, I don't know why Miami's Miami. I guess we want to go to Miami. But I I just think the coaching staff with Bart Miller and Terrence Jameson recruiting like they am, I, I think Illinois is kind of doing a really good job in that recruitment. So so those two in-staters, I'm, I'm really interested to see, Ryan. Um, I talked with Tyshawn today. I'm uh, supposed to talk with Eddie tomorrow. But uh, Illinois usually kind of spaces these things out. But I, I think they're going to get more here. I think they're going to get more here in the coming week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is where you're starting to see the effort that's been put in-state come to fruition. You know, year one, year two, you start to see the narrative shift a little bit. And this is the year where, especially after a year where they went eight and five, made a, a, a notable bowl game in January, they're starting to show that success on the field that's that's getting them the respect in state that they've been looking for, that they need in order to recruit some of these um, 
no doubt power five players in the state of Illinois. And with a guy like Eddie Turk, I mean, you look, he has offers from Michigan. He has offers from Tennessee, Northwestern, Miami, the U. I mean, like he, he's got some legit offers, but it just seems like in that recruitment, things are coming up Illinois. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily want to put the cart before the horse, but it seems in a way that it's kind of similar to the Sean Miller recruitment a couple years ago where you know people were thinking okay Sean's headed for West Virginia but like things just kind of fell Illinois way yeah. and they got a talented player now unfortunately Sean hasn't been able to really showcase what he can do yet because of injury but like that was a big recruitment for Illinois to win at the time uh, getting a, a talented receiver from IMG that had a lot of productivity and so with Turk it's it to me it kind of feels the same way in that they're getting a player that is coveted by a number of reputable programs uh, is an in-state guy so obviously that angle of it is really important too and he can play on either side of the ball yeah um it you know we think he probably ends up on the offensive side uh, but i've seen him play and he's he's pretty talented both sides of the ball it's just a good lineman just yeah. just a good suburban lineman that has gone yeah. to iowa and wisconsin and, and minnesota uh, really, when Fleck yeah. got there. So I think it'd be just like TJ McMillan, a, a really good win. Joey, we were kind of crunching the numbers here. And in, in my story with the recruiting staff, we, we mentioned it. They've done really well in June, the last two years. 13 of their 16 official visitors from the first week of June 2021 ultimately signed with Illinois. Then they kind of had these smaller weeks, and only two of the 15 over those last three weeks signed. So that's why they like doing these bigger weekends. Last year, 16 of the 24 official visitors uh, from June 2022 ultimately signed with Illinois. Harkless and Rico Jackson committed. TJ Lott committed. They didn't ultimately sign. Uh, Harkless uh, obviously was was a loss. Um, TJ Lott, not as much. It was more of an Illinois decision there. But they've done really well. So it's going to be interesting at the end of this uh, to see how they stack up and Seems like they uh, they did pretty well this weekend. The vibes are pretty strong at a Smith Center. You get a couple early here, recruiting wins uh, publicly, and then we'll see in the coming weeks just just how many hits that they have out of the the fourteen that they they had here. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get more than half of the guys to visit this week. Yeah, I think there's so much to unpack there. Like first, we have to say like some of those numbers are guys they already had who are committed on yeah. their visit, but that was also strategically done to surround the uncommitted guys. Um, with some of those commits, but do this, the the formula they have, it's really impressive, and the detail that they go into, uh, it's just, it's really, it's just crazy that it resonates like it does. And I think Bielum is very smart. We we know about his whole marketing thing, and he likes to razz us for bringing it up as often as we do. Uh, but like, there's always good vibes. General, like no one leaves an official visit weekend. Or coaches don't they're like. Well, that was horrible. Like that's just not generally the case. I asked that of I can't remember which recruiting staff. I go. Have you ever had a bad official visit weekend? He goes, No, not really. Um, I mean, you might have a feeling. Yeah, he he goes. You know, you might have you might have like oh, I could have done this better, or this better. But usually, everyone who goes to an official visit has a pretty dang good time because they're yeah they're wine and dine man. You're you're treated like royalty. Your family gets this vacation. Uh, and uh, gets to, to meet all these different people on this beautiful campus. Like, it's probably going to be fun for most people. If you choose to go there, it's probably going to be fun. Yeah. So, but like the point, like, I think Bielema recognized the value of getting a couple of those announcements out there tonight. So it didn't just look like a, 
a smoke screen or a spin that, oh, what a great weekend. Everybody feels good and hooray, hooray. Like to see some of those pop early, I think was pretty intentional. Um, yeah, they we'll space these out usually. They, they, they do, but I, I think there's a reason to get two on Sunday later at night rather than Monday morning. Like to me, I, don't, I, I could be wrong. You could do it. Right? Does that not make sense just to have a couple? Like if you know they're on board to get one or two out there. Now, Baker being later, obviously he went back to mountain time and, and like it's a different – it's an hour behind there. I don't know, man. Like maybe I'm, I'm making something up here, but I do think it was intentional to get those out there. But the point is they – the detail they put in there and it's yeah. everybody like it is every single person in the smith center uh that those are big deals and like the people i talked to today said you're blown away with the, the atmosphere it doesn't always lead to commits but this led to a lot of them and puppies lead to commits apparently puppies <laughs> stole me. Yeah, stole sorry. Me, puppies at the <laughs> at the photo shoots like I'm, I'm trying to get the backstory of that guys it was just an idea they had that okay what about puppies <laughs> no one else does it like who uh so if you're a steward, I said, have you seen that? He goes, no. Like, no one else really does that. Like, yeah. you, I remember talking to Pat Pearson um, uh, for a story about the photo shoots they do. He says, one, you want to represent your pro. Like, you don't want to fake anything. It's like anyone can bring out cars onto the field. And, everybody, and like, yeah. people love that if you like cars. Like, I don't know that would move the needle for me. Uh, but, like, that's great. But you want to do something creative that stands out. And, and a lot of the things is you're into this photo shoot arms race in the summer of 2023. Like how many original ideas still, like prop wise, and something exists? that's like so wholesome, like so, like this isn't like trying to be cool. It's just like a bunch of football players and football pads with these golden retriever puppies. It's the most wholesome thing in the world, and I'm trying to get a story on this, and we will at some point. But it's it's memorable, right? That's the whole point: is to have fun and be memorable. And that they aced it with that because I don't know if anyone else is going to have anything that compares to puppies. It's it's the family two L's dogs. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I will say credit to someone on our board. To I, I know you responded to it, Jeremy. I read it and I was like, "What a genius thing!" You said they come in as puppies and leave as dogs, yeah. and I was like, mm, Great. "A little corny for my taste, but love it." The, the pieces line up. Well, leave his dogs D A W G. Got that dog in them. Um, all right. Any uh, Florida guys that came in, guys? Xavier Lucas, Vernon Woodward, Wisconsin commit, Ricky Knight. These are three high quality defensive backs. Like, I, I think in my ranking system, they'd all be high three stars, low four stars. Um, this was the kind of probably your shoot your shot week with those guys. And you get some other DBs lined up later in the month. Uh, Ryan, anything stand out about that? We're still touching base. I know Joey's touched base with Ricky Knight here a little bit, but th- this kind of is, hey, how, how well does our NFL sell uh, stack up with these Florida guys? How much does Devin Witherspoon matter? Because we saw um, Aaron Henry wearing a, a Devin Witherspoon Seahawks jersey during official visit weekend. I mean, I, if it was me, I'd wear that sellout, like ride it till the wheels fall off because, that, or, I mean, right now it's it's working. Like, they're, they're proven. They had three Florida defensive backs drafted in the top 70 picks in the NFL draft this year. And so, I mean, it's it's your sell. Like, we develop DBs. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some flack for this, but there is some credit due to Ryan Walters. Give credit where it's due. But... I mean, he How wasn't the only you? one that was part of that. How dare you? Oh, I know. I'm about to get kicked out of this pod. Uh, <laughs> Half our but, listeners right now, apparently, from West Lafayette, so you might enjoy it. 
Ooh, perfect. Well, I went to Rose Holman, so ha ha ha. Uh, but uh, no, they they had a great crew of Florida defensive backs in. I mean, Ricky Knight's a guy that's that's teasing four star status. He's just a few slots outside of four star threshold. Um, you know, he's a guy that probably, if we graded a little more uh, unilaterally, would be a four star guy. Um, Vernon Woodford uh, committed to Wisconsin last week. It was a little bit surprising, and yeah. still makes the visit to Illinois this week. So. How committed is he? We'll see. Um, Zach Toby was his was his host, and you know it seemed like he had a great time. So, how long does that commitment stick? I don't know, but I, I think they brought in some guys that are potential impact guys. They really fit the mold of what they do. Uh, you know, they've got some guys that are teed up to visit a couple weeks from now that are also some pretty good prospects. Um, but I thought the group that they brought in was really good. And, you know, from what I was able to gather from, from you know, just seeing some footage and, and some of the stuff they posted, seemed like he had a great time. And, they, and the cell really resonated with him. Those guys bonded, and they were able to really connect with some of the current players and the staff. Yeah, Knight told me the cell, the DB. I said, is that a big deal? I said, yeah, it shows they develop guys. And I do want to bring up something with that because, like, this isn't saying Illinois will never have another DB. It's silly, but, like, Next year, they probably won't. You'll see what Taz Nicholson is, but it won't be three. So you have this, like, this ball of, of momentum right now that, like, it's going to be really hard to capture that again. Now, you're going to have time down the line when some of those younger guys develop. But right now, you have this really hot ball of three guys drafted in the top 70. And, like, for at least a little bit, like, in terms of that particular aspect, like this is probably the hottest yes. that's going to be right now is this off season of this 24 class. Yeah. Like Luke Fickle is never probably going to have another sauce Gardner. So, uh, and I don't know if Bill ever have another Devin Witherspoon top five DB draft pick, right? Like, um, isn't Joe Thomas the only other guy he's had to draft in the top five? Um, so it, it's, it, it's very to, rare to come across that. So yeah, you got to take advantage of that while you can. I think that'll last for a while as long as Devin Witherspoon's good uh, in yeah. the NFL. But yeah, like you're not going to have another three guys from the same secondary drafted in the same class probably for a while, um, if ever. So take advantage of that. Uh, Ryan, before we get out of here, I want to ask you, Two more guys, in-state guys, that visit over the weekend. Top 20 in-state prospects. Carson Conkle, tight end out of Pinckneyville. Downstate kid, important to keep them. Uh, Michigan State is his other official visit scheduled for next week. And Darion Dupree, the the top-ranked guy who is visiting this weekend uh, from Chicago Mount Carmel, stud running back, fits everything they need in that backfield. Uh, Just getting him to campus was big because Wisconsin has has felt like the leader, according to most people uh, in this recruitment, but Illinois has got a heck of a sell there too. So those are two more important guys to keep track of here. Yeah, I'll I'll start with Dupree because, you know, Wisconsin I think had a lot of confidence coming out of their visit that they're the leader, and they very well probably were coming out of that visit. But the fact that Dupree didn't shut it down and and commit to Wisconsin coming out of that visit I think was – was all really Illinois could ask for. Uh, I don't. I think they've done a great job of recruiting him so far, and getting him on campus was really important. Um, they were able to, to make their sell. They surrounded him with the right people during the visit and uh, presented a great opportunity in front of him. I mean, if you look at what Chase Brown did this past season, that's the role they're probably going to try and sell to him. I mean, they've got they've got guys like Jordan Anderson, Caden Fagan, that are great big backs. Um, that have a lot of talent, were great players inside the state of Illinois. 
But Dupree has kind of a different role than those guys. And I think that this weekend was their opportunity to sell that and at least make up some ground. They may not, they still may not win the commit or win the recruitment, but I think they were at least able to make up some ground this weekend and make it interesting. And we'll see where it goes from here because it doesn't sound like Dupree is necessarily in a hurry to shut things down yet. Um, so this may drag out a little bit more, but uh, shifting gears to Conkle. I mean, you said it. It's it's a guy from downstate, and when I say downstate, I mean downstate, really? downstate. Illinois, not just south of I eighty. Uh, it's a guy from downstate Illinois, and those are the recruitments you you've got to win. You can't let guys like that get away. I mean, there's been a number of guys from Springfield, from Southern Illinois that have gotten away in the past that um, have gone on to be good players to other programs. Sam Laporta. And, yeah, I was I was thinking there was a lineman from I think Nashville a few years ago that ended up. Get away, but even then, like Nick Nick Broker mm-hmm. um, from Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin, um, Hunter Woodward in your backyard. Yeah, you're I'm, thinking I'm, of Royce Newman who went to the yep, Ole Miss. Is yeah, that Royce right? Newman, or even um, Albert O. Tight end. Albert O. <laughs> o- Oquibanam. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many players from from South, like the the Central Illinois and Southern Illinois area that have gone on to other programs and become great and made it to the NFL, and so when you have a guy that's within your borders, even though it's, you know, he may be closer to some other programs. When you have a guy that's within your borders, you've got to shut those down. You got to keep them home, especially when they're wanted by other programs. Yeah. So, you know, Andy Boo, where, where is Andy Boo? He's in Pickneyville. Yeah. Andy Boo takes over Southern Far- Illinois from, uh, Far- Farmally. Oh, Where are the shirts? Papa Werner. I can't We're all shocked those aren't out yet. Right? Oh, Papa Werner would buy one of those, or I would buy one for Papa Werner, actually, because he would love it. Uh, all right, guys, before we get out of here, Joey, um, you needed this. We talked about it last week when we were weeding into this weekend. It's time to build the class, and it's off to a good start with two. We expect more. Illinois football needs to build this class. They need to solidify the foundation and probably the majority of their class in the coming weeks. And after what we hear, after what we see uh, publicly, is a good start. Yeah, your Sunday night went pretty well to to take some momentum into Monday, into Tuesday, and next week. Uh, five commits so far, two in the or three total in the trenches, and one is a heat-seeking missile linebacker. Um, like we know how they're going to build this team. Right, they're going to build it inside out, as they've done. Like that's where right now this season, that's where their talent is. But yeah, man, you needed to come out of this with with your the heart of your class built, and you leave yourself that flexibility uh, for those late risers who are going to come up their senior year, or maybe it's a portal kid or a JUCO kid. We saw them take advantage, but this is like we always tell people not to get worried until the end of June because this is it, yeah. and like you can't. With the momentum this program has, the most momentum we I think it's had since I mean you can go back longer than I've been on the beat. Yeah, you've got to take advantage. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to take advantage and run with it and, and getting two tonight. And I don't think any of us think those are the only two out of the weekend. I don't think those are going to be the only two announced in the next five days. I think more is going to come out, and you're going to look at this this first weekend. I'm curious to see what the numbers look like. By the end of it, we just ran through the, the numbers that you had from those first two. I'm curious what this this yields um, by the end of by the time everything's all said and done. Yeah, and Illinois jumps from the last ranked class in the Big Ten to number 12 
So just just uh, a little bit of progress uh, there from number 74 in the nation to, to 59. So that, that's why it's you don't freak out until this. Because, listen, I've had a crystal ball in for Demetrius John for two months. I've had a crystal ball in for Carlos Orr for two months. I, it's not going to be a surprise if those guys jump on board. But to get a guy like Baker, if you can get a guy like Griffin or Turk or Luke Williams in, in these next couple of days, Ryan, then then you're starting to, to really create some excitement and and to be honest with you, sell something to these other guys. Like if Luke Williams and Eddie Turk and Tyshawn Griffin are on board, it's like, hey, Dupree, <laughs> what, what do you think we're building here? Yeah, well, those are the guys that move the needle too. Um, you know, you look at the higher ranked guys, the ones that have a, a more of an impact on your overall team ranking and the recruiting standings. And I, I think one thing that's still important to remember is while there are a lot of programs that have added a number of commits so far, it's still early. Like, as close as December seems in terms of like the recruiting cycle, it's still a ways away and there's still a lot to happen. I mean, the whole fall season, the whole football season still hasn't happened. There's a lot of visits that can happen during the season. A lot can change during the season. And so, you know, a lot can change in terms of the rankings and, you know, as, as much as it might matter, I don't think Brett Bielema is too concerned about the rankings. Like one thing I feel like I was, when I was thinking about some of the guys they're targeting in this class, they're getting a lot of the like surefire guys from in state on campus, but some of the evals they've made, I'm like, even if these guys don't have other power five offers, unlike maybe some of the past staffs, I'm like, I don't really have too many concerns or any red flags about some of the guys that they've targeted. I, mm-hmm. I actually do like the evaluations they made. Like Carlos Orr doesn't have any other power five offers, but like you watch his tape and it's like, I don't see any glaring concerns on his tape. Like this would be a take for me. Yeah. And so I, I think what they're doing is, is following the right path. And traditionally Illinois just hasn't really turned up the heat until June. And, you know, over the course of the summer, if if they get to the end of the summer and they don't have a you know a, at least a foundation for the class in place, yeah, then then I'd be a little concerned. But June is traditionally the month where they get a lot of work done. All right, let's uh, get some comments out of here real quick. Ooh. Go ahead, Joey. Oh no, no, I just <laughs> no walk through that. Uh, Scotty B is Illinois done at linebacker for this class. Ryan, my answer would probably be yes. I think so. Tariq Barnes, the only guy graduating. You could have attrition. You never know about that. But they usually only play two linebackers. They have six on scholarship now. Usually linebacker is a position you can find a walk-on or two who can make a decent impact or be solid depth like Luke Zardzin and Ryan Mead Mead are that right now. So I think, yeah, I think this class is probably a one-linebacker class. Yeah, I I don't see the need, especially now that they differentiate edge rushers or outside Mm -hmm. linebackers and inside linebackers. If you refer to linebackers strictly as inside – I, I think Baker's probably your guy. Uh, you know, they, they'll probably still look for some edge support throughout the rest of the class, but in terms of inside backers, I think you've got a pretty good group now, and uh, they're probably done there. They've got some other higher priorities where they really need to spend their scholarship capital. And we shouldn't point out their age. The redshirt sophomores are younger, yes. correct? Oh, the scholarship's all but Tariq Barnes. Right, yeah. So all those guys mm-hmm. are going to have multiple years of eligibility still. Uh, Scotty also asks, who's the jewel of this weekend? Turk, Knight? Joey, who would you go there? I mean, Luke Williams kind of jumps to the front of Dupree my mind. Too, yeah. Or Dupree. Dupree, yeah. Those, those two, but like, they were splitting hairs. I mean, they're all Turk and, <laughs> Turk and I are pretty good football players. Yeah, Turk and I are pretty dang good, too. Uh, last one. Ryan stashed the stash a week ago. 
We're sitting I, here I glowing about the stash. Now it's gone. Everyone loved it. The comments get you, bro? <laughs> I wouldn't say that everyone loved it. Uh, some of the comments on the board were a little polarizing about it. But you know what? I, I've been telling people lately it wasn't a mustache. It was a May stash. And now that it's June, I, I had to let it go. But uh, it, it was an experiment. It was okay for a while. I had to give it a go. But it it's in the rearview mirror now, so... I mean, you have to deal with it in your everyday life. I just deal with it on this podcast. On camera. I I thought it was worth the investment of your entire life to entertain me with that stash for 30, Uh, 40 minutes, Ryan. That's really why I grew it out. (laughs) Just for me. Thank you. Did it pain you to get rid of it? (laughs) I don't don't think I get paid for any facial hair. (laughs) Did it pain you? Did it hurt when you shaved it? Oh, no. No, no. I did did feel like I reverse aged about four years when I got rid of it, though. Now I'm gonna see. Now I'm gonna get carded again. Yeah, are nah, people more willing? Go to the wrong, wrong places. <laughs> are people more willing to talk to you now that you don't have this? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, that'll All right, do it for you can us. Go for a run in peace now. Yeah. <laughs> that'll do it for us. Yeah, I, I don't have to like. I don't have to steer clear of schools or things. Like that. <laughs> That's kind of what I was hitting at there. Big guy. All right. Thank you, Ryan Easterling, Joey Wagner. Thank you for the insight. Thank you to everybody for watching our live YouTube. Almost 200 live people on the YouTube. So appreciate you uh, diehards and crazies. Uh, and if you're you're not one of them quite yet, you get 60% off a of VIP membership at Illini Inquirer right now. you got a couple more days. Take advantage of that. Pretty good time. Pretty good time to do that. We'll have a lot more uh, about these visitors over the next couple days. Insight from Ryan with his film room. I'll have a decision primer on Luke Williams and more insight on all of these visitors as well. Uh, but everybody that's listening on the podcast, give us a follow, rating, review. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like on your way out. We really appreciate when you guys do that. Subscribe to us and hit the notifications bell. But everybody, have a great night. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.